Welcome back to Throwing Hands. It's me. It's Toby. A little shorter episode today. We have some things to do. Um, so we're not really going to get into news. Nothing too big has happened, I don't think. But, Toby, w- what's your thoughts on this card real quick? Uh, I think it's a pretty good card. The main and the co-main event are a little bit lackluster relative to some other fights on the card. I'm personally really looking forward to Giga Chikadze fighting. Um I mean, yeah, there are a lot of good fights on this card, but I think we all know the main event is kind of a foregone conclusion. I agree completely. I'm just fixing my mic. We're in studio again. Um, So, oh my gosh. Okay, let me tighten this up. Beautiful. All right, so we're just going to hop into the main card. Uh, We'll look at the prelims real quick. Prelims are okay. Um, Nothing special, so we're really not going to go over that. Uh, Best fight in the main prelims is Chidi Njokwani versus... Michael Olesajuk, I think that's the best fight on the prelims. Yeah, it seems pretty good. Chidi's a very, very powerful powerful guy, but he doesn't do super well when you pressure him, especially if you really crowd him against the cage. Yeah. He has a lot of power, but a lot of it is due to his rangy striking. Um, he clips you on the end of punches. So I think Olesajuk will do fairly well because he is kind of a pressure fighter. Um, he's got some decent power himself, more like wilts people down than anything but i think yeah it's a really interesting matchup and then if you're on the east coast for these prelims you probably won't be watching them anyway because they start at 5 a.m eastern standard time yeah so probably won't see that unless you're an early bird but let's get into the main card uh heavyweight about to open it up junior tafa versus uh parker porter junior tafa only five professional fights compared to parker porter's uh 22 fun fact about parker porter he did fight john jones early in his career uh, interesting, I think, but he Parker Porter looked good in his last fight. He he slimmed down, which was probably for the better. And Junior Tafa, uh, he's a he's a young lad in his MMA career, so this is tough. And they're just gonna be swinging and banging. Let's be honest. I, I got Parker Porter in this one. What do you think about this one? Yeah, I actually had no idea that he fought John Jones early in his career. That's pretty insane. Now that you mentioned it, but yeah, this is a this is a good fight. I mean. Um, Junior Taffa, the younger brother of Justin Taffa. I believe Justin fought Parker Porter, if I'm not mistaken. Let's take a look. I can look that up. I think. But in the meantime, yeah, I mean, both these guys are pretty good, very powerful, obviously. Parker Porter is, honestly, even for his build, you would think that he's just kind of like a rumbling, like big, powerful guy. But he's actually pretty technical. He's got decent skills everywhere. He's pretty quick for his size. So I would probably lean Parker Porter as well. I think he's going to be able to be a bit faster, be a bit more accurate, maybe work in some takedowns. I think Junior Taffa really, one of his big weaknesses is probably his takedown defense and getting held uh, on bottom position. That's very true. And Parker Porter probably learned a lot from that Jailton Almeida uh, fight when it comes to takedown defense because that was a beatdown. But anyway, to the, the to what should be the co-main event, Aaron Blanchfield versus Tyler Santos. Look, I, I, I love Tyler Santos. I think she's really good. But I really do think Aaron Blanchfield's the future of this division. 
She is good everywhere. We saw what she did to Andrade. Yes, Andrade came in short notice. We uh, Maya McCann. That sh that fight shouldn't have even been made. Um, she's just great everywhere, and that's the scary part about her. And she's only 24. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, she just turned 24 in May, if I'm not mistaken. So, and she's three fight finish streak, all submissions. I know Tyler Santos. Um, you could argue she beat Shevchenko. But I don't think that was the best version of Shevchenko. And Shevchenko was almost at the end of her prime. I'm really not trying to take any away from Tyler Santos because Shevchenko could still get her belt back. But w what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, this is a great matchup. One of the better matchups on the whole card. I think Tyler Santos, she presents a lot of problems for Aaron Blanchfield. I think they both present problems for each other, truthfully. Yeah, it was a close split decision loss in a title fight um, against Valentina Shevchenko for Santos. And she looked very good in it. Um, she threw up some submissions. She got taken down a few times, but she was active from her guard. She was fairly close on some of the submission attempts. And she's obviously got very clean striking. She's a great um, Thai kickboxer type style. Uh, she's powerful, rangy. She was a lot of good long-range weapons. But Blanchfield, like you said, is very well-rounded. She's not probably going to knock you out with one punch but she's going to put a beat down on you like we saw her do against molly mccann and we know she's got really solid submission skills we know that she can compete with high level fighters in this division and she's still super young so it's a really it's a good fight man this is a toss-up and i i think it's 50 50 i couldn't say who i think is going to win but this probably is for the future of this division yes 100 percent agree the next fight on the back is a uh, rinya nakamura versus uh Fernie Garcia, I did not do much research on this fight, but I just know Nakamura is a hot prospect out of Japan, and I think they're really just trying to push this guy by putting him on the main card. Yeah, I mean, I can't say I know too, too much about either one of these guys. I know Rinya Nakamura is powerful. I mean, I've yeah. seen some of his finishes um, on the Contender Series, I believe. Maybe on Road to the UFC was another one, but he's got definitely good finishing ability, very powerful guy. Ferdinand Garcia is tough. I mean, he hangs in, fights pretty well. You know, I, I know you hate uh, when people say that. You so. hate it too. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's tough. He's tough, man. He, he is tough, but as far as skill wise, you know, obviously he's a skilled fighter. But I think um, skill for skill, I think he's probably going to be outmatched here yeah. by Nakamura. Nakamura with an eighty-five percent finish rate. He's finished six out of his seven fights, and his average fight time is two minutes and six seconds. Uh, yeah, this is going to be fun. But this it could be a good test. I mean, if, yeah, if it true. gets past the first, second round, we start seeing, you know, maybe he gasses out. We don't know. We haven't seen really much of him after a couple of minutes. So That's true. All right. Uh, Giga Chikadze is back. Woo. Hey, let's, let's clap it up. Let's clap it up. Yeah. Uh, after that beatdown he suffered against Calvin Cater, um, he's back. He's coming up against Alex Caceres. And I know the, the record's deceiving for Alex Caceres, but especially in this part of his career, he's been looking great. And I think he has probably the sneakiest jiu-jitsu in the division. He's it's He has phenomenal jiu-jitsu. People don't talk about it enough. Giga Chikadze is 35, if I'm not mistaken. He If he wants to make any headway in this division, he has to move quick because he's getting old in a division full of killers, and young killers especially. So Alex Caceres is 34 too, if I'm not mistaken. So... You know, he's 35, rather. Wow. So, you know, two older guys in the division who are still really good and one of the, and arguably the most stacked division in the UFC. If if Giga keeps this on the feet, I fear for Alex Caceres simply due to the fact that his kickboxing is top-notch. Maybe he just had an off night against, against Calvin Cater, but Calvin Cater would, looked phenomenal. But this is an... Stylistically, this is a very interesting matchup. Yeah, this is 
probably the best matchup on the whole card in terms of styles and skill wise. I mean, you look at Caceres' record, like you mentioned, I think he's 21 and 13, but you actually take a deeper look. This guy's been in the UFC for the vast majority of his career. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's been in the UFC since, you know, at least a decade he's been here. So he's been fighting very high level opponents for a very long time. At one point, he was on a huge win streak. He, I think he's won seven out of his last eight fights. And his only setback was to Sadiq Youssef, who was very good. And it was a close decision loss. So this, he's got real submission skills. He's got like inventive striking. We saw that knockout over uh, Julian Arosa. Incredible, incredible knockout. He's very, um, he's got great dexterity. Mm -hmm. Uh, He can get his legs up without much telegraph very, very quickly. And it's the same with Giga. I mean, they they have a a bit of different styles. Giga is much more of an orthodox uh, kickboxer. He'll not throw as many flashy techniques. And the grappling isn't quite there for Giga as it is for Alex Caceres. So, it's a very interesting matchup. And Giga himself, I think people look at that last loss against Calvin Cater and write him off uh, to a certain extent. I know he's probably the favorite in this fight, but I think a lot of people are looking at him saying like, well, you take that type of beating, you don't recover from it. Well, hey, I mean, people said that about Calvin Cater when he took the beating from Max Holloway and look what he did in his next fight. So maybe Giga will just pass it along and give Caceres the worst beating. Now, maybe, but we'll see. But <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. I mean, before that fight, Giga was on a like seven-fight win streak himself. He had finished... Uh, Cub Swanson, he finished Edson Barboza, and those are guys that have been in the UFC for a very long time, guys that are pretty hard to finish, I would say, Cub Swanson especially, and he finished him with a body kick, he finished Barboza with a great combination. I mean, both these guys are unbelievably talented strikers. I think, it's oh man, it's really tough to pick because I would favor Caceres on the ground, but he's not much of a takedown artist. He's more of, if it ends up there, he's good, but he's not going to actively search it out. And I think he's going to be very willing to stand on the feet with Giga. So I think I'm going to favor Giga in this matchup because I think it's going to take place primarily on the feet. Giga's 35 today. I just found that out. Happy Uh, birthday, Giga. But yeah, that, yeah, happy birthday, Giga. This podcast is coming out literally minutes after we're recording it. So, I mean, Edson, man. I mean, he destroyed Edson over three rounds. That was brutal. Well, I don't know why they made that fight. But anyway, to uh, the most anticipated rematch of the year, um, Anthony Smith versus Ryan Spann. Anthony Smith absolutely demolished Ryan Spann in their last, um, in their first meeting. Uh, I, th- I think it was a first round rear naked choke. Then Ryan Spann started to take stuff seriously after that and knocked out Reyes with a jab. We'll get into that after. Um, Anthony Smith has... 54 fights to his record, which is insane because he's only 34. And Ryan Spann has 29. So these are two very experienced guys going up against each other. And based on if Anthony Smith had looked better against uh, Johnny Walker, I would, I'd be leaning Anthony Smith in this. But Anthony Smith was trying to give himself motivation in that ring when he said, you attacked my family to um, Johnny Walker. I really do think that's what it was. I hope Anthony Smith's okay because that was horrible. Um but Ryan Spann's clearly taking things more seriously, and Nikita Krylov on the ground is kind of a savage. So, you know, two guys coming off losses. This rematch does make sense for, like, where they are in their careers right now. I really don't have any faith in Anthony Smith to get this one done, sadly. Yeah, I can't say I'm overly excited for this matchup. Um, both these guys are coming off losses. They're, you know, the light heavyweight division is okay. Um, it's getting a little bit better, I would say. But both these guys are not 
extremely well-rounded or talented. I mean, they're gritty, they're tough, they're veterans. Um, Anthony Smith, like you said, I think he's finished, you know, 33 of 36 uh, fights or wins that he has. So he's a finisher. I mean, he's going to get in there. He's going to fight with heart. He's going to fight with tenacity. But at this point in their career, I just don't see them really making a legitimate title run. So I think it's just more of a grudge match than anything. And I guess, like you said, it makes sense where, where they're at in their career to have this matchup. You know, maybe if one of them wins emphatically, they could have a revitalization. But, you know, Ryan Spann, uh, he's powerful. He's got good submissions. You know, very powerful guy. But, you know, when you knock out Dominic Reyes, I don't know how much that says about your power. I mean, Dominic Reyes got knocked out by uh, several people before that. It was brutal. Yeah. You know, brutal enough to where the UFC maybe accidentally or maybe on purpose didn't even show the finish when they uploaded the fight to YouTube. We'll talk about that after we get to Max Holloway. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he had a little uh, good run. I think he rattled off some wins over Iwan Kutalaba. Um, who's the other guy that he beat? Oh, Reyes. Reyes, yeah. Reyes and Kutalaba. So, I mean, you know, he's got well-rounded skills. He's just not an extremely high-level fighter. And Anthony Smith, I mean, I saw him fight live against Johnny Walker, and that was not a good performance. I mean, watching it live... He looked very slow. All of his punches were completely telegraphed. He was really just trying to land an overhand right the whole time. I think part of it, Johnny Walker did beat down his legs pretty well. Yeah, that, um, his leg kicks were on fire in that fight. Yeah, his leg kicks were really good. So I think that really limited a lot of Anthony Smith's movement. But yeah, he was just like yelling, trying to get himself motivated. And we, we've we seen that a little bit. I know after the span win, he was yelling like, you know, do you know me now? Do you know my name now? This stuff. So he gets very emotionally invested in fights. And I think that this might even, that might play against him that, in this matchup. That, that's a problem honest. with him. You make, like, he finds a way to put emotion into it. And you can't, if you, unless you can control it, you can't fight with emotion. Yeah. And I understand he beat Ryan Spann in the last fight. Um, but, like, you, you, you just can't do that. It's not, it's not smart. Um, who you got? I got Ryan Spann by knockout. Yeah, as I, much as I hate to say it, I think I'll take Ryan Spann by decision. I mean, you know, their first fight wasn't actually that long ago, but the drop off for Anthony Smith since that fight, like he looked good. He rocked Ryan Spann. He uh, on the ground, he pounced mm-hmm. on him and he finished him with a rear naked choke. But since then, the loss to Ankalaev, the loss uh, to Johnny Walker. He just did not look like himself. And maybe the age and the damage that he's taken is catching up to him a little bit. I'm not sure. But I think he's just fallen off quite a bit since that uh, last matchup that they had. So, yeah, I'll probably take Ryan Spann. I, I don't know if we'll get a finish. You know, Anthony Smith is a tough guy. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, all right. Max Holloway versus the Korean Zombie. This is sad. Um, UFC should be charged with war crimes. Uh, for this one, Geneva Convention has been brought because this is just one of the most inhumane fights ever created. This is terrible. I feel bad for Chan Song Jung because I think his ego is getting in the way of him fighting because he's not going to win this fight. As much as I hate to say it, he will have to get Max Holloway on the ground cleanly and dry within the first minute of the fight in order to win this fight. Um, this is going to be bad. I, I think Max Holloway is going to jab him up really badly. He's going to get him out of there in the fourth round with after just a straight-up beat down. It's going to be bad. Yeah, there's really not a whole lot to talk about in this fight. I mean, I think he's better everywhere. Max, is. I think he's a better wrestler. I mean, you mentioned that the only way Korean Zombie would have a chance in this fight is probably taking him down. And I agree. I just think that Max, we saw in the Yair fight, we saw in the Arnold Allen fight a little bit, he can wrestle. You know, he can get people down. 
and he can stay on top. I mean, he's got decent wrestling. So, and his takedown defense has always been superb. So I think that even if uh, Korean Zombie tries to get him down, tries to work some of his jiu-jitsu, which he does have pretty good BJJ, I just think Max is going to be able to stifle him no matter what. And on the strike, like on the feet and the striking department, there's just no shot. Korean Zombie was not even a step behind, multiple steps behind Volkanovski on the feet. He's looked a step behind against everybody else. In the Ortega fight... Except Dan Ige. Yeah, except Dan Ige. But in the Ortega fight, everyone was thinking, oh, man, Brian Ortega's this great striker now. Look at him. You know, he shaved his head, and now he's a world beater. I think Korean Zombie had just lost a step. And yeah, Ortega looked good in that fight, but we saw him in the limited amount of time that we did see of the Yair fight that his striking did not get that much better. I know yeah. Yair is a great striker and everything, but... We saw in the Volkanovski fight, too, you know, Art Ortega really isn't a super high-level striker. So I think it just speaks more to where Zombie's at in his career. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Max Holloway, however he wants, whenever he wants it, he's not really a big-time finisher or anything. So this could be a decision. Zombie's pretty tough. But I think it's just going to be, like you said, a beatdown. Yeah. Uh, dang, only 16 minutes. Oh, we, can, we have a couple more minutes to talk. Um. So, all right. So, to- like Toby and I were saying, um, they took down the Reyes versus Ryan Span fight. So, what the UFC had done was they posted the first minute of the fight. They didn't even post the finish of the Dominic Reyes Ryan Span fight when Span knocked him out literally with a jab. Uh, no wonder they took it down. There's really no reason to have that up. Uh, that just shows how brutal that was. That's, I think that's the one knockout I've truly gasped at. When I went, <gasps> Reyes really just needs to hang it up. I don't. I I hope he. I really hope he doesn't fight again. Yeah, it was pretty awful. I mean, the way that he fell, like the way his body just fell so violently, and then when he was on the ground, he was completely stiff. I mean, all of his limbs were completely stiff and straight. It was a really, it was a difficult uh, knockout to watch. So. I mean, you know, you want to promote the fighter who's coming into this, so you got to post some highlight of span. I don't know if they did, but I would imagine. Uh, but yeah, maybe not that one for they, Dominic Reyes. They reposted <laughs> Smith versus Span one, absolute well, heater of a matchup. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, man, I don't see the. Uh, I don't see the fight. Um, Strickland versus Adesanya in a couple of weeks. That'll be fun. I really think people are underestimating Sean Strickland this one. I hate to, as much. I I do think Adesanya will win the fight, but. Sean, if Sean Strickland does decide to wrestle, I'm interested to see because if he gets him on the ground, I mean, yeah, Strickland's grappling is underrated, so we'll see. Um, power slaps coming up, man. Yeah, I can't say I've been following power slap yeah, too much. We so. love we love power slap. Oh, also, um, I keep forgetting to watch Dana White's Contender Series. I do too. I know it's I haven't had the time Tuesday. really. Yeah, I just haven't had time. Yeah, well, maybe we can make some time Tuesday, uh, and then we can talk about it Thursday, but. Yeah, man. I don't got anything else. Not much news. Um, we, maybe we can find one news story to talk about because we're, we're still under 20. Yeah, no, we'll try to stretch it out a yeah, little bit. Yeah, a little Get bit. Get something. Uh, yeah, there's really nothing, man. It's been very quiet. Um, ooh, Rico uh, Verhoeven uh, in, will uh, return for his title unification against Tariq Osaro at Glory. Dude, mm-hmm. that... I, Glory kick. If you if you want to watch some good kickboxing, just watch Glory. That's it's fun. That's the best kickboxing organization out there. Well, yeah. I guess besides K One. I mean, they're both K One's uh, pretty great. great yeah. yeah. Um, Marab says he should get the next title shot. Nope. 
No. Uh-uh. <laughs> you should have fought uh, Aljamain when he had the chance, buddy. Uh, Darren Till and Mike... Oh, here we... We'll end with this. Darren Till and Mike Perry want to fight. Please uh, let them... Please let them box each other. Please. The lead up to that will be the most amazing thing ever. That would be pretty great. I thought they were buddies, though. I thought they had kind of that, like, I, I think they have, like, a frenemy thing, like Nate yeah. and uh, Connor do, because they defend... You know how Nate and Connor defend each other against other people hating on them, but when someone else... Uh, when they hate on each other, like, they just go at it. Oh, here is something uh, I just yes. found out, actually, is that... Myra Bueno Silva has admitted to failing a pre-fight drug test before the Holly Holm fight. I didn't even hear about that. Like, I don't. The I, UFC didn't even announce it. I remember it too. I she, think she just tried to get ahead of the news. But dude, you, if you have to do steroids to fight Holly Holm at forty, how old is she? Forty-two. Come on, come on. And you know what's uh, arguably even worse about that is now it's not going to be a loss on Holly Holm's record. And no so, contest. Yeah, so we can't just say, like, well, she did lose her last fight, so maybe we should just, you know. Holly Holm, title shot? Huh? Yeah. What? The UFC will find some way to turn this into a positive for Holly Holm and, yes, throw her in a title fight for some reason. Yeah, I mean, that Bantamweight division is not great. It's falling apart. Really, it's falling apart. Since, an, I mean, the Featherweight division is non existent. It really was just built for Cyborg, and then Nunes knocked out Cyborg in like 45 seconds. And then the Bantamweight division is built around uh, Nunez and she's gone. So, yeah, man, it's crazy stuff. Uh, so yeah, uh, let's end it there, man. That's, that's a good spot. Um, 20 minutes. I know it's not our hour long marathon. It's like we usually, he and I usually have, but so that'll do it for us here at Throne Hands. When we come back, we're going to review uh, this beat down that Max Holloway is going to put on Korean zombie. Peace out guys. Peace. <laughs>